Hello, I'm Jim Mallard, host of The Mallard Report. On The Mallard Report, along with my guest, we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. And thanks for listening. Couple housekeeping things. Um, first things first. VeritasApparel.com slash Mallard save. Uh, I'm not even sure what you're saving over any, over there anymore because he's got a huge sale going on. He's got everything marked down. Uh, I want to thank Aaron again. Um, ending uh, what is it? Seven month run as a sponsor of the Mallard Report, and I got another one coming up. So if you haven't been to Veritas Apparel, now would be the time. Uh, he might be back in the fall. He might not be. We'll see how that all plays out. But he wants a little time to clean up some inventory and uh, do some other things and. As luck would have it, I had somebody else said, hey, I want to buy that spot. And I said, sure. So it all worked out. Uh, the other thing, you might have just heard it. Uh, it's rumbling here. It's thunder and lightning. And um, so if, if I just, if the show just disappears magically, we don't blame demons tonight. We blame weather, at least right now. But we might blame them here in a little bit. My guest tonight is religious, religious demonologist Dave Considine. Dave, how you been? Doing well. Yourself? Pretty good, except complaining, huh? I was gonna say, now that we're done complaining, yeah, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Weather demons. Weather demons. We'll get into yeah. that here in a little bit. Um, but yeah. first, now this this takes me back a ways. Now you you've told me about this before in the show, but I've got a bunch of new listeners. I can't find it in the archives. So you're gonna help me out here. At one point, you you translated my name back to Hammer, and I don't remember how that all went. Can you help me out with that again? Because I was going to post it as a sound uh, sound bite just for fun, but I couldn't find it. What did you? What was that again? You trans. You pulled my name back to Hammer through some origin thing, Latin or Greek or something. Yeah, matter of fact, I came across that. I don't. Re- I don't remember myself. I, I don't. I don't remember what it was in relation to. Okay, at least you remember. Okay, so at least you remember it. So yeah, I'm not I, losing I came my mind. That myself. Okay, at least I'm not losing my mind. Okay, good. No. Because there were for a while, I'm like, I, I could have swore I heard Dave talking about that, but... It's been a few years. It has? Well, it's only been two yeah. since you've been on. Yeah, of course, it was four quick. before the last time, but we're not going to talk about the last time. Yeah. So, um... Well, you have some great guests on. I mean, there's a lot of people to cover. And there's a lot of people in the paranormal right now. You is know, that a good, is that a good thing or a bad thing since we're here? <laughs> yeah. Everything from holistic to uh, eclectic. Conspiratorial, yeah. You, know, you cover everything. So okay. So speaking of covering everything, now I have not even touched. Well, I, I did mention it in passing, but that's not even fair. Well, um, Lorraine Lauren has passed since the last time we spoke, obviously because it was just happened recently. Can yeah. you can you um, give me? I mean, obviously you had a working relationship with her, but can you put into context what that means for the paranormal field? We would, all of us, um, and even covering other subjects, you know, just the spark of the paranormal, if it wasn't for them, uh, both of them together, that team inspired uh, people to, to wonder and um, to step in and to help. Um, they inspired ministers. They, inst- they inspired laymen. They in- inspired the public, uh, people to protect themselves. These movies... Um, be it, you know, movies are movies, okay? They, they tell a story. They're, it's not exactly what happened in these stories, you know, in, 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 in uh, the Conjuring case and these other ones. There is um, license that's given to, you know, to be able to make the story so it's, it's, feas- it's feasible on screen. Um, but um, these stories, they presented this to the public, and they let you decide. I mean, Ed Lorraine never, you know, uh, they never told people exactly. I mean, they 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 told you information, let you decide for yourself. I mean, it's they the reason for lecturing was to inspire you know young minds, you know, where they can think about this and not just think about science or just think about sociology. Just go beyond that, think outside the box. Um, that there's the possi- possibility that there's something there. Um, it's something that intrigued them, and they wanted other people to be aware of it. They had an absolute impact on the paranormal. Like I said, it covered all areas. I mean, people are even getting the information now. You know, individuals who knew them, like myself, 
in my team and other people who were close to them, we know that they covered other subjects. You'll look in their books, like in their, go- their early Ghost Hunter book, they covered a case that included Bigfoot. Uh, there was cases that I did with them that covered UFOs. There was other cases that went so uh, sideways that you can't even categorize some of these, but uh, they were involved with many, many subjects. So they were terrific in their field of work. They were able to get interviews done. They um, saved the information. They were able to take that information, put it into these to books that they released at certain times, and they helped the people to learn, and they learned along the way. Um, I miss them tremendously. I know everyone out there even individuals who didn't know them, they felt like they knew them. Lorraine had that that ability to do that. Ed did too. And you sit down with Lorraine, she just just a sweetheart. You know, she was sweet to everybody. You felt like you knew her for your whole life. And you mentioned you know, keep keeping track of all that stuff. And that's pre digital age, everybody. We gotta keep this all in yeah. context. It's a lot easier to keep track of stuff now with documents and you know, everything you could just throw on a computer. It's a little different keeping track of paper files. Maybe this, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just that disorganized. But yeah, that's what Tony and Judy are doing now. You know, going through these things. Um, good people. They have good people on the team now. The New England Society for Psychic Research is still going, and they're going strong, and they'll continue going. So not to um, put you, not to put you on the spot here, but I'm going to because that's what I do here. Um, besides you, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you in this category. Maybe that'll make this a little, bit, a little bit easier. There's a lot of entertainers out there in the field right now. Or TV stars, whatever you want to call them. Okay. Jeez. Hate mail goes to Dave Constantine at... What was your... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Bad email address. Um, <laughs> but what are there... Is, I mean, I know there's a lot of serious researcher else, researchers out there, but I mentioned your name a couple times this afternoon as you know, people were asking me who the, the guest on the show was, and I normally don't even tell anybody, but since you were coming on... Uh, you're so well respected in the field. I wanted to mention that to them. And um, I'm, who are who else out there should people be looking at? Because, like I said, I think some of it gets lost in the entertainment value of it all. Well, it's hard to say because then you know you, that's how you get your enemies. You know, why didn't you mention me? You know, um, <laughs> well, people out there, like you know, you have. I mean, in any field, you mean covering any field or just you know yeah. the field of work we whatever you however you want to handle it or maybe maybe some people like tel- Stan Gordon uh, people like Stan Gordon and Stan Gordon's another one who, who covers you know multiple areas of the paranormal not just UFOs Bigfoot paranormal activity 14 stuff like that but individuals like him uh, Lloyd Arbach fantastic researcher he's been involved with this for so long um, individuals like this you know people who have been involved with this stuck with this you don't see them very often on TV. The ones you don't see, they're the, one, they're the ones that are getting the research done. The ones that are writing all these books, I'm sure they're getting some research done, but I don't know. You're on the TV, you're writing all these books, you're, you're constantly doing all these lectures, you're on the lecture circuit. I don't know how much research you're really doing. Yeah, It, it does baffle me sometimes. You see the book yeah. and then the... the bakery going on there. Yeah, the car wash that you go through, trying not to promote the book, you know, all the different shows, and then you go out and do five or six lectures, and then a week goes by, and hey, you got a new book, and guess what? We rinse and repeat, and I'm like... (laughs) People steal information. You know, they go, they listen to these these radio shows. I've had people that I've known that other researchers that were, uh, quote-unquote, people that were in the entertainment business, we'll say, uh, they took their research and were using it and said it was theirs. It's basically like a comedian stealing other people's stuff. You know, someone is taking their research, and then they go on the radio maybe one or two, maybe three times a year, and then someone else is listening, and they take their, their research. That's amazing to me. I mean, I, I believe it's true, but it just amaz- it shocks me, I guess. It doesn't really... It they don't understand me. it. They take the research and half understand it. That's what's going on today with everyone. They're fascinated by these subjects. You know, you have this Stockholm Syndrome, which you and I have talked about before, and that's something that also irks the public. And people who want to, you know, anybody who wants to get involved with this, it's either they're afraid of it and they want to bond with it, or they just, they want to bond with it because they want to become somebody. Everybody wants a YouTube channel. Come on with me, I'm going to a haunted graveyard. Well, Dave, it's I'm going to pull up some graves and see if we can get some ghosts riled here. <laughs> it's funny because I seriously have a very limited string of notes for tonight because I knew we'd just start talking and I wouldn't yeah. need them. But the one thing that I wrote down and underlined that I wanted to make sure I talked to you about, because I said this... A couple of days on a go on an interview, and you would have thought I would have ripped the host head off. 
pretty much because I said it, is not everybody's demons are demons. They're earthly things like addictions, gambling, you know. And you would have thought I I just crushed. Psychiatric disorders. I mean, you you have conditions, you know, you have um, conversion disorder where the person will look, they'll, they'll fall right on the ground on their back with their feet up and their hands up and they'll be flailing and it looks like they're being raped and they're, they're they were raped many many years ago it's something that their body is is going through again and they'll be screaming so you'll think this person's possessed and they don't know what happened because they're they may have a, a time where they're not they have no memory of this you know other other people do have memory of it it's like an epileptic uh, seizure uh some some have uh, conscious memory of it some don't well see i'm even going more to the root of They've got all these bad things going on in their life, and then they have, let us say it, a drug addiction, for example. And they want to blame demons because, well, it wouldn't be their inner demons. It'd be ghostly, I mean, not ghostly demons, but religious demons. Come on, it can't be me. It's got to be something else. And you probably get A lot of individuals, they go to the ministers and they get these deliverances. So you see these people in lines, and they go up to these ministers, and they get whacked in the head with the Bible, and, you know, get that demon of alcohol out of you. And, you know, this individual should have gone to someone to talk to, you know, I mean, about their problems, a counselor, a psychiatrist. This is not good. Yeah, and then they think it worked. Chaotic. Yeah, they think yeah. it worked, you know, for yeah. 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> it's a Band-Aid. And then they're going to go again and again, and that person is, is becoming addicted to having exorcisms. And we've had a few of them that uh, we had to stop, you know, uh, where we thought, you know, this really happened earlier um, in our time doing this. We've been doing this now for, well, I've been doing it for 32 years. It's my 32nd year. And what I mean by that, I see a lot of people out there. I've been doing this since I was nine years old. No, no, no. Cases since 87. So working, like, with people in houses. Not like reading comic books about ghosts. (laughs) We're watching Scooby-Doo? Thirty-two years. As a matter of fact, um, I want to mention before I forget um, the Phantasm Psychic Research website, which, as a matter of fact, had to go down. Uh, we had to take that down two months ago because we had a problem with a hacking problem. Actually, it wasn't a hacking problem. It was a, uh, a takeover by uh, a site called Site Five. I don't know if I can mention it on here, but yeah, um, you just did. <laughs> we had a real problem. With, yeah. Well, anyway, we had a problem with that, so we're we're reforming everything, and it's going to be back up in the summer. But this is the 25th year it's been online. So it's the oldest religious demonology slash paranormal website in the world. Because there was nothing before it. Matter of fact, we were up before Ed Lorenz. It's crazy. A long time ago. That's, you know. 94. Well, I don't know if I should say happy anniversary or not. That's just kind of. Yeah. (laughs) The only other, there was other paranormal ones, though. Uh, Renz, I think, is older than us. I think so. Renz. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. He does a radio show. He's the one who was uh, oh, yeah, involved yeah, yeah. sightings. Yeah, yeah, sightings. The very yeah, took... early sightings uh, things. Yeah. Is he still doing a show? Do you know? I don't know. He had he has a fantastic show. Um, fantastic website. Um, I enjoyed it way back then. I think he's been up since the early nineties. I don't know how how he was able to go up so early, but he did. He was up a long time. I remember back in the day when I first he's got, got it in the paranormal. He's one of the oldest, I think, out there. As I say, I remember back when I first got internet, I'd be lucky to get a song overnight. And now I'm sitting here doing video and audio, and, you know, it's just like, oh, da 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 <laughs> Before, I was trying to get, like, two minutes of music. It took eight hours. Yeah, no YouTube. No YouTube. No iTunes. The good days, back before everything got complicated. No, it's... Yeah. It, you, we have talked about that before, about people who claim to be doing things for most of their their lives, and it doesn't even make sense. And it just baffles me, I guess, I, has that slowed down at all? Maybe I. You mentioned how much of the other stuff I covered. I kind of got away from it all because it was getting. I wanted to knock some heads off, I guess. Yeah. No, it's just you know people. They you have to spend time in this to understand it. You're dealing with a subject that's just wow. I mean, I I I, I anybody I know, even individuals that have been involved with this longer than me that I talk to. They don't know what's going on. I mean, there's there are things that we just cannot wrap our heads around. You know, I was just discussing with Barbie about a few things uh, for the topics tonight. And, uh, you know, when you have creatures like a Bigfoot-type creature with an insectoidal head, I think I mentioned this case to you before, 
running through an apricot field in front of witnesses. What are you dealing with here? And then it just disappears. <laughs> Other times we have creatures like this talking into people's heads, visiting them in their dreams, making them uh, go on adventures, basically, you know, uh, and they become sometimes even cult leaders. It's really a strange thing. I, it's, it's very sad that the governments of the world do not study this, or did they? I was going to say, didn't we just get a UFO disclosure the other day? What's that? Didn't we just get UFO disclosure the other day? The Pentagon said they've been looking at UFOs, though? I think not. I don't know what they think, but, uh, you know, it's just like, it's it's such a, uh, the information is just terrible. I mean, everyone still thinks that Area 51 is uh, involved with UFOs. That's sad. I want to know what's there. I want to know what's there. I want to know what's there. I just want to go hang out. Say yeah. I've been there. Can't talk about it, but I've been there. That's all I want to do. Sad, you know. And it's again um, a sad thing with Roswell. Roswell were Fugo balloons. Fugo balloons. They launched thirty-five thousand of these things. But these only... things were found all the way up into the nineteen sixties. They found one up, I believe, up in Nova Scotia. So that was all the way from Japan riding the the um, the jet stream all the way to Nova Scotia. Some of these things did land. Matter of fact, one landed inside of a car of two people driving in a convertible. One landed in the backyard of a woman. These people were killed. But they never said nothing about it because uh, it would be a bad thing. Uh, I just got a call from the the Roswell Tourist Board, and they said, uh, of course, an alien uh, spaceship crashed here. Uh, That was not a weather balloon from the Roswell Tourist Bureau. Well, what it was is that the bottom of that was round. It did look like kind of like a UFO. The other part was like a parachute type material, but it was coated with a chromium type cro- like plating, like a um, like a cigarette foil. Well, isn't that what the Hindenburg was? Cl- what was the Hindenburg coated with that caught fire so quickly? I believe it was the same thing. That went up quick. But <laughs> if you notice, Max Brazel, he had said that there was the storm the night before, and he heard explosions. That's what set off. See, these things had explosive, some had explosive gas in them, others had explosives on them that were solid type explosives. Uh, I'm not sure what they used, but um, each one was different. These things were very sophisticated. They were able to ride the jet stream. And uh, obviously they made it here. But uh, this is, I, I think, what brought about the, they'll harm you if you say anything. I think this is where this came from. This wasn't from UFOs. This is from government officials going to people and saying, if you say that these things landed, you say what went on here, and we're going we're gonna to do something to you. Because they didn't know what to do with this. I think that's what happened with the L.A. flyover, too. When they were firing at that thing, they were firing right straight through that thing, a barrage of rounds. Because when they shine the lights, it looks like one of those Fugo balloons, and it's around the same time. And they've launched, I think, up to 35,000. And how I learned this was from John Keel. John Keel did the research and found this out. So you mentioned to me... I think it was an article on popular mechanics that he had referenced. But I, don't quote me on that. But I think it was a popular mechanics reference, uh, which was from the 1960s article. So you mentioned, you mentioned to me what, right before we started about the men in black. So we're kind of right in that neighborhood. So let's go there. What, what are you thinking about that? Well, uh, on Friday I'm going to be posting a... Um, kind of an area on our um, sister site. And I'll mention it at the end, or I can mention it now. With the, we'll mention with it now, and we'll mention it again at the end, because okay. you know, we have um, to do these well, things. They can go to, um, it's, uh, what's the new address? Okay, it's, it'll be www. This is just a temporary site, but I want to get this started. I want to do this for different subjects, but here's the website. www.i-m.mx slash phantasm slash paranormal portal. Now, you'll see where... Um, it's the fanta- it's, it's, it's like a, um, uh, uh, an independent study of the men in black. We're going to try over a year period of time, each one of these subjects, a year period of time, to have people write us about their encounters. Like we'll say this subject here was the men in black. One thing I want to get across to people, and uh, if I speak to, you know, uh, to the public and all the other forums, I want to make sure I tell them, men in black, I don't mean this just men in black suits with black sunglasses. If you've had a paranormal encounter or if you've had some type of um you know anything that anything paranormal anything supernatural anything that you feel that was out of the ordinary and then you get kind of a visit by somebody that's out of the ordinary 
and they seem to know about this event, and maybe they question you about this. If you've had one of these encounters, uh, if you can go to the site and just give us a brief report about what happened, if there was any witnesses with you, give us you know like a time, and uh, if it's something that's interesting or something that we feel would help the the research, we'll contact you if you can leave your phone number. So I just want to just get a grasp, a little bit more of a grasp of, of what the public is is right now is experiencing with these things, because we get these uh, these different. Um, graphs showing that we have a rise in this and a rise in that, but I want to see the interaction of the public. Kind of uh, like David, uh, what is it, uh, Peter Davenport, I'm sorry, he, he, um, he takes the reports for UFO, UFO reports. It's, it's, I think, you know, it's pretty much just for UFO reports, but this is kind of like that. It's going to be like a data thing, just for about a year, just to collect this, and we can go through it and sift through it, and uh, to see if there's any connections between any of these things, and, and uh, some way we'll get this back out so people can um, maybe we can just put it together in some way so people can understand it too. And, uh, we'll post it on uh, a public forum. You know, maybe uh, they can uh, get to it by the website. Uh, the new website will have up by this by the summer, or uh, and we'll also be posting stuff on Facebook about, about it. So, as I say, that's an interesting thing because you know, I've heard all these stories about the Men in Black, but I can't remember like one being within the last five years. Mm-hmm. It always seems you know that's a distant. A distant memory, or even mm-hmm. a secondhand story from somebody. Yeah, black-eyed children took um, kind of the uh, the front end on this. But uh, you know, in in my years of doing this research and covering just about every subject, trying to these black-eyed children is it's a fairly recent thing. I'm not going to say phenomenon. I'm going to say thing because this is I yeah you can't quite put your thumb on this one. It's like the stick man, smiling man. I think these are more just um, stories. This this type of creature may show up, but this is not a, a specific phenomenon. It's not. I, I don't believe myself that black-eyed children are like a phenomenon like Bigfoot or UFOs in, in, in standing. If people are experiencing something, it's just appearing as that, but its standard is not that. Yeah, there's something. It's that black-eyed children. I've just never. I mean, I've seen it going around, but I've never had a guest on the talk about it because I just. I'm sounding. I guess I'm sounding like you. It just doesn't. When I put the pieces together, they can't appear that way. I'm yeah. sure that's something you know of an evil nature that is able to shift its 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 appearance in some way. It can appear as something like like a child to entice you. You know, we've had instances of people seeing children on the road. Um, there may or may not be stories of children with black eyes, you know, where encounters on the road or just maybe on a hike. I, you know, I, I've had a few stories that I've heard where people were on a hiking trail that saw a, a young girl that looked like they had black eyes. But then, you know, you, you can't verify this either. I need someone to fill out a report. Is there any other witnesses? Is it something we can, you know, something of substance? Well, it's just like all the Bigfoot stuff anymore. It kind of gets me, why, why don't we have any pictures? I myself have had encounters. That's the reason that I pursue it myself, the, the Bigfoot encounters. I had my encounter in Missouri. Matter of fact, when I was in basic training. When I, when I had my encounter, I was, we, I was guarding a golf course. Now, I was already in the paranormal. So uh, this kind of really freaked me out. It was a moonlit night. I think it was a full moon. And I was in the guard shack. And like I said, I was guarding a golf course. Why, I have no idea. But I saw something crossing the road, and it crossed it in two steps. I didn't see it very well, but it looked like it was quite tall. I mean, six and a half feet at least. Pretty tall. And uh, it was able to cross the... Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the dump trucks that the... Like the, you know, like the National Guard, when you see them going down the mm-hmm. highway, mm-hmm. you see the dump truck. About that wide. And it crossed it in two steps. And I was kind of scared. I wasn't sure what... I, I just wasn't expecting it. You know, that's one thing about the paranormal. It's going to hit you when you least expect it. But I thought it might have been one of the drill sergeants. They give you three rounds, and I don't know if they were really live or not. And I thought they were testing you. Because we did have a very large drill sergeant, and I thought that they maybe they, you know, put him in a mop suit or something like that. Like one of the, you know, a ghillie mm-hmm. suit, I'm sorry, ghillie suit. And had him walk across, but it just didn't look normal. So it kind of intrigued me. And uh, I had some cases along the way that we had uh, casts that were made of the, big, of the, the, uh, the footprints. I had one that I posted was 19 inches. I had one with 13 and a half inches, and the canis bone on the foot 
went to the ground around three inches. I think it was three or three and a half inches. And that was cast also. 19 inches. Some have three toes. Some have uh, five toes. Some have very strange toes. But the dermal ridges, and I just, one, um, we're working on a case right now that I've received a photograph that we have dermal ridges in the photograph. It's a very, very good photograph. And uh, there's going to be casts made of these, but there's dermal ridges all over the bottom of the, of the, um, the um, heel of the foot, the upper part of the foot, the toes. I mean, you can see the circles where it spirals. So that's what you're really looking for. You're looking for uh, a print, but not just a print, a print that has dermal ridges. And this is, you know, I, matter of fact, I, I didn't know this. I had talked to some people who were Bigfoot researchers, and this is something they were looking into. So that's why it's really good to be able to kind of exchange information between different subjects. But I try to, um, you know, be in contact with people of other subjects, you know, but something that they taught me. So I look for that now. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good to be able to verify things, you know. That's what yeah. you need in this. When you're looking at anything in the paranormal, it's really hard to verify. Trace evidence, you know. When you're looking at UFOs, I mean, you're looking at, sometimes you're looking at um, a powdery substance that'll leave behind. You know, or you're looking for something like uh, in the crop circles, you're looking for um, the exploded inner husk. That inner uh, part exploded where you have a tremendous amount of, a tremendous release of energy. That's how you know it's real or not. So these different things, when I talk to people who do crop circles, or when they do Bigfoots, they do these different things. I want to know those little tiny things that they're looking at because when I have cases, because I get a lot of different subjects, so I want to know, you know what to look for. Otherwise, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to blow the case. You know, like uh, Linda Moulton Howe, she goes around to cattle mutilation with a, with a magnet. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't learn that from Linda Moulton Howe. So it's, it's, you know, you see these individuals on TV shows or you, you know them in person or whatever, you learn different things. And I suggest that people look at those little tiny details, you know, especially people who have been involved with this a long time. Now, I wouldn't know to bring a magnet around a, you know, catamaran relations. You can find different things. And they uh, did. Never would have crossed my mind either. That's a good thing to figure nope. out. Uh, no um, particles. You just said, you just said uh, crop circles. And I'm, I'm, again, here I am sitting going, when was the last one that we had? We had a few, one a few years back here in Connecticut. Okay, so maybe you're, maybe you think you know something I don't know here because I'm I'm dumbfounded. I don't know if it was real or not. It was matter of fact. It was right in the middle of the New Haven Green, and what's odd about that is the New Haven Green is actually a cemetery. Most people don't realize that in New Haven, Connecticut, the green that's in New Haven. I don't know if you've ever been to New Haven, Connecticut, but maybe someone out there listening has. That the green in the middle of the city, they just removed the tombstones and put them into the cemetery across the street. And everybody who walks on there, the bums that sleep on there, and everybody, I don't think they realize it's a cemetery. I think this goes on in a lot of cities. Well, wait, like wait, Some wait. of your cities that were colonial, they just kind of, like, take the stones and move them. Yeah, you know, actually, that happened in the one town that I lived in. They um, picked up the stones and just moved on. Yeah. Matter of fact, they had a, a tree, one of the storms, a tree blew over, and there was bones in the roots of the tree. So obviously the coffin must the tree must have grown into the coffin and it ripped the coffin. Well, back in the day, I mean, yeah, it's sad coming. because they brought they brought the bones into Yale University, but I didn't hear anything about them putting the bones back. So um, I think you should put the bones back, and that's strange because that was a year prior to this crop circle. So it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I don't think it was real, but if it was real, I wonder if it had to do with them not putting those bones back in that cemetery, which there's saying it's not there because they don't talk about it much matter of fact if you ever do come to to connecticut and you go to new haven connecticut trinity church at the corner of that green you go underground and there's tombs underground and you can actually walk through there they give you a tour there's actually a whole cemetery underground underneath the church no, I'm just dumbfounded. dave you're, you're doing good at dumbfounding me tonight i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing but we're just going to take it at this point <laughs> 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 I think you would find it interesting. You know, not, not too many churches have, you know, uh, graveyards in the basement. In the basement, yeah. See, that's that's what I'm sitting here going. I mean, I, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of graveyards. I mean, I spend a lot of time and I'm just kind of hanging yeah. out. Not doing paranormal things, just hanging out, because where else can you go to get away from it all? Who sure, wants, go, who on, wants, go on. Who wants to go to a park with a bunch of screaming kids? I mean, honestly. No. <laughs> go online, go on YouTube, and Trinity Church, New Haven, Graveyard, underground graveyard, 
if anyone out there is listening to this, you'll find it on YouTube. I, I think this one gentleman, he, he filmed some of it. So you can see what it looks like underneath there. But all the graves, it's all cobblestone. So the cobblestone's over the graves, and the tombstone comes, there's cobblestones missing, and the tombstone's put there. Up. So it looks like a graveyard. But just picture there's no grass, and where the grass would be is cobblestones. It's it's funny we, we talk about moving them because I had forgotten until we started talking about this. I was doing an investigation in that former town, and the owner of the house comes to me, you know, mid investigation. He says, "You want to know something?" I said, "Sure." I've got a couple of headstones in the basement, and I said, "Really now? Let's go." <laughs> you know, and yeah, sure enough, it's right graveyard. Yeah, and sure enough, they were from the old graveyard, and apparently they um, made it that far, and the guy took a break, or got bored, or whatever. Just they kind of hung out, mm-hmm. and they're still there, a hundred and how many ever years later. <laughs> well, she's not using for a walkway. No, they're that happened. I had we matter of fact, in one of the cases with Ed and Lorraine, we were walking up the walkway, and I'm looking down. And I said, Ed, there's names on these these stones and it's like those are tombstones so the, to, the the walkway was made of tombstones they had a postage stamp graveyard and somebody who lived there took those tombstones and made a walkway with them I guess. yeah we've also found them in rock walls okay well that makes I mean yeah maybe. that's that's a lazy lazy landscaper but uh, the, the the ones for the walkways, that's not lazy. That's I don't care. But you know, I, I feel that way about the modern ones that have the the you know the modern cemeteries out there mm. uh, that are all with all the flat stones. They're like a bad couple years away from being just an overgrown field with those flat stones laying everywhere. Yeah, but Excuse I guess me. you know it's just the point of it. I guess. Yeah, I know, but that's I mean that's that's headed towards that walkway thing, I guess. Mm. Probably uh, someone who uh, <coughs> wasn't. Graveyards, I guess. I guess. I guess maybe Someone now. Someone who's immortal. <laughs> I, I guess know. maybe now we're more aware of what graveyards are around. But then again, there are some people, yeah, who have the family plot still that you know that family moves and a generation goes by and hey, we could build out our deck, get rid of those. Stuff. It's 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 amazing how fast a family the family name can just end because you can especially. You know, years and years ago, with, with the d- disease, and um, you know, if someone wasn't able to have children, there was the fact, the, the differentials, the factors that were involved with that. You know, so it's uh, you can you can only have a few children, and they're not able to have kids. That's about it for that. I guess that's why they had like eighteen, twenty-four kids back in the day. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, it's like wow, these families were huge, <laughs> and they never, they never were happy. Any, anytime you look at these photographs of these people, grimaces. Well, oh, Dave, you know that you know that's not true because I had to stand so still for those pictures back in the day. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I still get a kick out of those ones that the um, the people are uh, saying, you know, uh, making fun of them. They don't realize they're corpses. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was just thinking that. You know, how many of those pictures were taken when they couldn't move? I look like he's dead because he is dead. Yeah. <laughs> They looked a little bit happier than dead. Cause I, I don't know about that, but those are hard times. It's just it just amazes me, you know, just um, how different they were in those days. But uh, I don't think those people would um, make walkways out of tombstones, though. Probably not. No, they'd probably be square against that. But yeah, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of graveyards, uh, back to that Men in Black thing. Um, I'm going to include also. An encounter that I had one of one of a few encounters with the Men in Black, um, and this one had occurred in the graveyard. I don't know if I ever told you about this one. Well, tell me about this one because it doesn't ring a bell. So, well, I went with an investigator named Steve. Now, in the story, where I wrote it down so people can read this, um, I didn't. I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. I think yeah, I did. Um, that we had gone to Pine Bush. This happened a while back. I remember when Pine Bush, uh, New Jersey was was. I mean, Pine Bush, New York was um, having the UFO wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a few years, yeah. yeah. Well, we went down there. We were checking that out. We went down there a few times and went checking out witnesses. I remember I interviewed one guy in the bathroom in a McDonald's. But anyway, long story short, you know, some restaurant owners, some people that were there, we knew that were, you know, 
had to be there, so we uh, we didn't know who to go to. Yeah. But uh, we ended up going to this graveyard because we wanted to test out some equipment. We figured it would be better to test out equipment before we got to any given case because you don't want to be testing stuff out with a live family. Family's already <laughs> upset, and you know you're not getting the the information. We don't want to really want to spend a lot of time there either. So jacking up cases by spending too much time in a case. So uh, we went down to this graveyard one particular night, pulled up in front of the gates, one of the gates, got out of the van, grabbed my stuff, and when we did, we smelled what smelled like sewage. It smelled like a, a really, really bad odor. There was houses around. I figured that maybe it was just a broken sewage line or something like that, and uh, it was pretty strong. Got our stuff, started walking in. And we wanted to walk all the way to the back. It was like a horseshoe, shaped like a horseshoe. We walked all the way to the back, found a good spot. Steve started taking his equipment out, and I started taking my equipment out. We started setting up, and I got two tape recorders out. I ran two different types of tape. I ran um, ferric oxide and standard uh, CL for the other one. I think it was, um, I don't think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was CL. But um, I ran two different types of tape because I wasn't sure which one would be better for for taping spiritual voices. Like I said, this is quite a long time ago, so we were testing all kinds of things. I was using reel-to-reels, all kinds of things. We didn't have any digital yet. So I walked and put the tape recorders where they needed to be, best places I could find. I came back. We started doing what we were doing. Now, we wanted, we we started changing up because we wanted to, we had um, some, like, radiation meters. We had um, EMF meters, some of the stuff, you know, the early stuff that we had to be able to play with. So we're going around with this, and this would be multiple times going to these places. We went even some of the, the known haunted places, like known haunted houses that we would visit. Like I said, we wanted to do this outside of working with people who had kids and stuff like that. But anyway, we're testing out all this equipment. We finally settled on, started to take photographs. So we started taking photographs around, and I wanted to split up from him. And uh, I don't know, maybe uh, an hour had passed. Well, I asked Steve at one point in time what time it was. And uh, I think we had been taking photographs for just a little bit, but I asked him what time it was, and he didn't know. He left his watch in the, uh, in the car. So I said to him, said, give me the keys. And I walked to where the gate was, and we were parked right outside the gate. When I walked out, I noticed to my left-hand side that uh, there was a guy sitting there, and he had his hands up to his face, and he was staring out to the road. This is um, like a, a road that passes right in front of this this graveyard. Let me describe this graveyard a little bit more in detail. There's a town hall building right in the middle. There's a a gate that we went into, which is on the right-hand side, and there's another gate on the left-hand side. So the town hall's in the middle, and there's one gate on one side, one gate on the other. There's a road that runs right in front of this place. Okay, so anyway, I saw him. I kind of uh, went to the car, didn't... didn't, uh, I don't remember if I said anything. I'd have to. I I remember reviewing it and trying to remember it as best I could and writing it down. I can go and get my notes, but I'll just try to tell it the best way I can. Because this this instance, this encounter was just so re- so surreal that you 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 question everything in your mind. But anyway, I went up to the car, got the watch, and uh, hold on a second. Let me get my notes on this so I can tell this perfectly here. Just give me a moment. Oh, you're fine. Just don't want to, because there's certain things that happen at certain times. I just want to make sure that I want to, uh, at some point in time, get um, an interview with Steve to see what he remembers of this, because this was quite a long time ago. This is over 25 years ago. This is when we were first, you know, really uh, doing the equipment heavy, you know, hot and heavy yeah. with the cases and whatnot. Okay. 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 Okay, good. I realized I didn't bring a watch. Okay, I asked Steve what time it was, unfortunately for me. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, when I passed the hearth of the cemetery gates, I had an uneasy feeling, and I immediately looked to my left for some unknown reason. And when I did, I noticed a man in a fine suit and hat. Like I said, this guy had his hands up to his face. And uh, he wasn't really responding to me at all. Um, I've got some lightning here. Nice. I heard it. Yeah. 
That's why I'm a little nervous right now on the phone because I've been seeing these flashes as we've been talking here. <laughs> uh, okay, not thinking too much about it. Okay, I walk towards the car, open the door, I grab Steve's watch from the council. I wrote this. I wrote this kind of like a affidavit for myself of what the event, how it happened, and I'm trying to scroll here, and I'm not. I have this online, so I'm not sure if this storm is like messing with this. Okay, quite a bit of time had passed. Okay. uh... Locking the door, I began walking back towards the cemetery gates, noticing now the man was staring straight ahead. Before I reached the gate, I called out to him, Hey, how are you doing? There was absolutely no response. Feeling slightly dejected, I continued walking back to where Steve was. I told Steve that there was an odd guy sitting out front, out by the steps of the building. I handed him his watch, and Steve asked me who I thought it might be. I said I had no clue. Soon we were back at it, but... This time, we were focusing on taking random photos in different parts of the cemetery. Steve stayed in the back area of the cemetery, and I headed towards the front upper corner of the cemetery because I wanted to take some photos near a huge pine tree located in that area. Instantaneously, I began feeling uneasy again and trying to ignore it. I tossed it up to the heebie-jeebies. At this time, I began taking photos towards the area of the large pine. First photo, click. Second photo, click. Now something appears in front of me in the, window, in the viewfinder. A strange whirling form of some kind. I snapped the third photo, click. This time, it's closer. Now, this thing, uh, I'm going to say in my own words here, this thing was right in front of me. It was like whirling. The only thing I can, the only way I can describe it is like a Tasmanian devil. I wasn't expecting this at all. It was like out of the blue. Every time that I've come across, even in houses or outside or whatever, it comes up on you when you least expect it. I always bring holy water. I had the holy water bottle with the flip top, and I doused myself and everything around. I mean, the bottle, the top, everything went flying. But um, instantly I began to feel, all right, uh, let me see where I am here. Realizing immediately that I was in big trouble, I somehow managed to pull out my bottle of holy water and splash it everywhere. This thing backed off, glided along the ground and out of sight around the building. Now the, the town hall, the back of the town hall, it went around the back side of it, the back corner. Now, the only way to describe this is the, the instant it went around that corner, okay, um, I'm not sure... It must have been at the instant that it did because the cars were already, when I started walking, I, I realized at this time that Steve might be in trouble. I was on my knees at this point because I had I had this tremendous pain in my chest. And I'm thinking in my mind also that Steve might be in trouble. So at some point when this thing went around the corner, somehow it or something else took its place. But there was two cars, two jet black cars. And I believe that they were Lincolns or maybe Cadillacs. Like I said, you're, it, during these instances, your mind, you go into an Oz-type state, even myself. It's very hard to be able to remember exactly what happened because you're, you're I don't know if you're, ex because you're exposed to these forces in some way, and it, and it creates, this happens in other paranormal subjects too, like in UFOs encounters or Bigfoot encounters or whatnot. It's, it, it, it seems surreal. It's a surreal type of event. It's not something that's, you know, you're going to remember something at a, an amusement park that happened. You know, it's not, it, this, it scatters your mind. It leaves you just, you, you don't know what happened. But um, anyway, at this point in time, I'm on my knees. I had gotten up. I turned towards where Steve was. I started going in his direction, and I see these two cars. Now, they're only about a foot from each other. They're once behind the other, and they're glossy, shiny. They come around this horseshoe of the road here, and they come and cut me off from Steve. So I'm standing there at the end, at the end of the grass where the road starts, and it's basically right in front of me. The window goes down, and when the window went down, there's nobody inside the car. Then the window went, after a period of time, after a few seconds, the window went back up again. No sound from these cars at all. And the strange part about this is that it was gravel. There should have been a sound. And then the cars just went right up the road, right out the gate. They never went one way or the other. Like I told you about that road is in front, that there's the only road that goes straight in front of this building. They didn't go one way, they didn't go the other. Now, when I saw Steve, his eyes were wide open. He was in shock. I knew I was in shock. It's just, I can't explain it to somebody who's never experienced something um, where you have uh, these types of forces around you. I don't know if this had to do with Pine Bush. I don't know if it had to do with that place. I don't know if, you know, for some reason we were open at that time, something that had to do with him. 
Well, something happened. I don't know what the the connection backwards it, you know, or was it just a one off? I don't want to say fluke experience because that doesn't qualify it either. But yeah, connected or not? Connected. Yeah, I, I I tried. I spent about four days trying to review this and trying to go over in my mind because I'm not in contact with with the other person who was with me. I haven't talked to them in years. And like I said, when you're thinking back on this, I, uh, it's like the encounter that Barbie and I had. Uh, we were coming, uh, crossing between Jersey and New York, and they had a UFO flap there. And Barbie and I saw an orange UFO that, as a matter of fact, all the cars on that road stopped. And I remember a truck driver, about three cars up in front of us, and there was a truck, and the guy was standing on the, uh, on the landing, you know, on the side, when the mm-hmm. truckers open the side, there's that step. He was standing, and he was taking his finger, and he was pointing, like, you know, telling everybody, look that way, look that way. And it looked like an, a large, glowing orange eyeball. And it went right into these, like where these apartment buildings were. It went right behind them. And we never saw it again. And I, I said to Barbie, I don't remember the drive home. Yeah, that's it's the, like this, whatever it is, it makes, it scrambles your mind. I just, I don't remember. It impacted me so badly, at least personally. I mean, why seeing just a glowing thing in the sky would impact me like that? I don't know, but I don't seem to remember getting back home that day. It's, and I wonder how the other people feel on that road, or, or whatever. What you know, what they experience. Because as you're telling these stories, I'm you know relating. So I mean, nothing close to what you were talking about, but you know, and there are time. You know, I'm thinking about this these different things happening, and I'm like, there's a period of time afterwards that I can't recall. Like like you're saying, remember going home. I don't remember, you know, like say I was on an investigation, something weird happened. I don't remember getting, I mean, obviously I got home, right? But yeah, I don't I, remember I don't. There's, there's a gap there. Like I don't remember picking all the equipment up. I don't remember doing this. I don't remember doing that. But yeah, it all, all came. I mean, it was all home when we got home. You know, I woke up the next morning. Obviously I did it. It doesn't happen when you're working on cases. It seems to happen when it's personal to you. I had one, but that was weird. That was weird. Really weird. It was per- it became personal to me. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, anyone who's listening out there, if you've, you, I know there's some people out there who know what I'm talking about. You, you can't quite remember it correctly. There's something that doesn't quite let you, or something. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm thinking about it. It was more personal to me than I had like the team with me. Yeah, as a support, but this was between me and well. Anyways, we're not going to get that. We don't have enough time for that. Uh, <laughs> looking at the clock, we don't have enough time for all that. That's strange though that you mentioned that. And then when I, there was a time where I could see people crossing the road that weren't really there. Yeah, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, obviously there weren't there weren't people there. Obviously, I didn't hit anybody because there weren't people there. But then, like the rest of those, I mean, I remember that flash, and then. Everything well, happened. Gone. I've heard cases. Um, there was a gentleman who saw three individuals that were they they looked normal from the front, but when they turned sideways, they were they looked like they were two dimensional. They were very thin, almost paper thin. And he saw these individuals that looked like this walk into a building. Now this was a distance from him. He just drove by. He became ill after this. And I'm thinking to myself, how did they know he was looking? Uh-huh. Whatever that was, knew he was looking. He was a distance from these things. They don't know if he saw them or not. Somehow they did. Yeah, and I... and you've ever noticed that people, these this force, it seems to in some way guide people to where they need to be. I you know I don't think that UFO encounters. And I don't think some of these are random, and I don't think a lot of these encounters at the paranormal are random. It's the people, it's, it's, even in cases, now, this is a strange thing. I, I'll give you a real goofball thing out of the, out of the park with this one. The Bermuda Triangle, you know, um, mm-hmm. that story of the, of the, um, those, those, um, those planes that disappeared, that whole squadron of planes that disappeared. Most people don't realize a little, a little tidbit about that particular, um, incident. And the, the the problem with that incident is that one of the pilots that was supposed to be on one of those planes, okay, those planes can only fly with the amount of pilots that they're supposed to have, meaning that they have to have both guys on the plane. Some planes have to have three guys, 
okay? They have to have the pilots on there. There was nobody else to fly on that whole base. The guy who was supposed to fly that morning, I forgot what his name was. They only mentioned this in one documentary, one of the earlier Triangle documentaries. Nobody else does. But in, the, in this documentary, they also mentioned that the guy was sick. He, he had already completed all his flying time, and he wanted to... He didn't want to have to fly, but he went to the commander. The commander said, I have nobody else to fly today, so you're going to have to fly, and he didn't want to. He ended up going to the medic, and he didn't end up going up in time when they took off. And the commander ran into him and said, I thought you were supposed to be up in the air. I told you to, to, uh, to go up you know, and, and fly today. And he was, you know, they were explaining things back and forth, and then he kind of said, uh, well, who's up there? There was nobody else to fly up there, but they went missing. But they, they couldn't have took off without somebody else on the plane. Who was the guy? That's a question that's haunted me. Who was the other pilot that was in that plane? Did that force that those that took those guys produce a doppelganger that that took his place? I mean, who? There was nobody else to fly on there. That commander knew very well that there was nobody else to fly that day. Who, for that plane to take off, there had to be the two. Every one of those planes had to have those two guys. Who was flying? <laughs> Dave, you did it again. I don't know. But, you know, I, there was a concern that I was starting to have about over there in Malaysia where those other jet airliners kept disappearing. Like we were going to see it yeah. again. Like, Well, I, you know, they said that he may have committed suicide because he had panned uh, the area that he grew up. What am I going to do with you? You just crush me all the time. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying they said because he flew um, – the way he flew, he flew over where he kind of grew up. It was kind of like a goodbye, and I then know. he just off yeah, into a. That's that's horrible, yeah. horrible stuff. Um, good grief, we got less than eight minutes left. Ugh. Okay, so let's do this before we get any further. You mentioned the website earlier, and then you mentioned the one for the Men in Black encounters. Let's do those again before we totally forget everything again. All right, let me bring that back up. Uh, it's a new one. I don't know. Uh, okay, they can go to www.i-m.mx forward slash phantasm forward slash paranormal portal. And you're going to send me that, right? Or Barbie will send it to me so I can link yeah, it could out. Could you send that to him, <laughs> Could you send this uh, to him? Because uh, I wasn't that fast. And, <laughs> we're, what, and you said the other site's coming back, but what, we're, what it's... Um, what is it again? Oh, good. I had it right Well, it's, gonna be, it's actually going to be a new URL. Um, oh. We used to have phantasmsciresearch.com. Um, there was a reason why we had to do that at that time, the earlier days. But what it's going to be now is www.phantasmpsychicresearch.com, oh. which it should have always been. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, probably weren't able to do that earlier. So, um, I see Leon in the chat room. Been a bit, been been with you for a while. Barbie's in the chat room. Uh, Brian Parsons was in earlier. Um, today is quote unquote the eighth anniversary of the show. So oh, wow. you, you you go back quite well. Happy anniversary. Well, the anniversary show. The, the date's like Thursday, but you know who's counting. Hey. It takes me back to way back when. Um, you were you remember those days? You were doing you were doing stuff yeah. and just fun. I mean, it's it's been fun to think about. You know, this last week, because I, I knew you were coming on, and it takes me back to those days when you were doing all that. Do you miss doing that at all? I guess is where I'm headed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do miss it. It's It was a lot of fun. We were able to share a lot of information, and uh, we covered a lot of different subjects. <laughs> From fracking to, to Bigfoot. Or fracking Bigfoot. Yeah, as I said, tonight's show kind of felt like that, because we were kind of all over the place. Like, yeah. Chopping it up. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I really do. I, I, I haven't spoken to him. I talked to Ben. I talked to his brother, um, mostly on Facebook. It's. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll send him. A, I'll send him a message. He's busy writing, so if he's happy, I'm happy. Yeah, for maybe him. we can come on. Maybe we could do a double decker and uh, see if we can uh, talk about some of the things and uh, talk about some of the new things. See what he's been up to. Yeah, I, that'd be good. We gotta get. The, I should get that figured out. See if I can get a hold of him and get it set up. That'd be good. Good idea. Uh, I was gonna say I will be posting uh, that on the um, like I said that that Mara site, sister site, whatever you want to call it, temporary site. 
um, the Men in Black, and uh, I wrote it a lot better than I said it. I wasn't really ready to kind of read that out, but like I said, when you're trying to go over these things, uh, you want to make sure you get the, the, the details of what happened, and like I said, it took me four days to kind of think about how that was, you know, and I'm thinking about the, even the the idea of the window, you know, and how long that was, and I, to my mind, it seemed like a few seconds. Yeah, well, something may have happened to us. I don't know. I mean, um, I didn't even check the clock. I didn't check the clock when that happened. I don't know if we lost time because uh, I just didn't check. We were so freaked out. The funny part is, like, um, the family went fishing, and I went for a walk because I don't fish. I don't have the patience for it. I said, I'm going to sneak around the corner. We're at the corner of this creek. You know, just seriously, 90-degree angle goes up around. I'm just going to go over there and take some pictures. I walked around the corner, took all of two pictures, and we're gone 45 minutes. And I got back, and my wife says to me, why were you gone so long? It doesn't take that long to take a picture. I'm like, what do you mean I'm gone so long? And I pulled my phone back out, and sure enough, it had been, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And she's like, did you get any good pictures? And I went, and then I'm like, oh, God, did I get any good mm. pictures, you know? So I'm standing yeah. there, I'm looking, I've got two pictures. And they were taken like 44 minutes and 46 minutes ago. And I'm like, what happened? Like, where did the rest of the time go? Have you ever had a time where you were driving, mostly on the highway, and uh, all of a sudden you don't realize that, you know, you were on the highway, you, you kind of lost your, your time? Yeah. Like you don't know who was driving for a little while there? Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. happened a few times to me. Yeah, like we're. Uh, I'll be like, I don't, I don't. I'm like, I was gonna get off on an exit or stop at a rest station, and then you know, I look at the next yeah. thing I know, I look at the mile marker, and I went, oh, <laughs> especially when they, when you're stopping in a rest a rest area. <laughs> One of my researchers, they were up in Pennsylvania picking up some um, some equipment up there, and uh, they ran into a fog bank, and there was cars behind them, and the fog bank was in front of them. And at some point in time, the fog bank was behind them, and no cars were in front of them. And they don't remember anything. That's a trip, because this can happen to me on a good, like a clear day. Fuck. It happens to a lot of people. Where, 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 <laughs> were you around any area that's known for anything? Any boulder areas? Or, is there any, anything around that area? Rocks or anything? Mountains? Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I probably... Okay. I mean, probably maybe something because there seems to be rocks. I mean, there's all, <laughs> big statement of the night here. There's rocks everywhere, but uh, I'm coming to the conclusion that this whole place is haunted. I mean, you know, so it can happen anywhere. I mean, we have red rain with human blood plasma falling in India to, um, you know, phenomenon going here on the United States. I mean, it's just the gamuts. And also, we have now we have the booms uh, that are occurring now: North Carolina, Virginia, New Jersey, um, all over the place, Oregon. Washington State. Did you I think just, they were having it in Texas, too. Did you hear what this guy just dropped on me of, like, less than two minutes left in the show? Raining blood. Yeah, it happened twice. Uh, once in 2001, just after the Twin Towers fell, and again in 2006. And human blood plasma um, got well, what looked like. I'm not sure if they verified that, but uh, human blood cells, I should say. Well, Dave, I would I would say it's been fun, but it's it's definitely been informative. It has been fun, not necessarily in the ha ha kind of funny fun, but stretching the mind kind of fun. It's a Slayer concert, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. sir, I look forward to catching up with you again. Well, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, and um, we will cover more ground next time we talk. Oh, I'm sure we will. Have a good night, man. Thanks for having me. That's a. Uh, Dave Considine there as we kick this one off and kick off the start of another year here. And that's what we're going to do. Keep tracking, keep grinding, keep sharing, keep retweeting, keep keep doing everything you got to do because that's what we got to do. We all got to do it together so this thing can keep going fast and furious. Views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. For past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening.
You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.